Hey guys, I am so pumped for you guys to listen to today's episode because this is going to be the episode for anyone who is stuck in a weight loss plateau. And we are talking about the person who's maybe in competition prep and they haven't seen any changes for four, six, eight weeks in their physique despite working harder in the gym and cutting their calories down. Or maybe you're the person who's just wanting to change your physique and have a leaner look, yet everything that you're doing, working harder, is just not working. And that can be so frustrating when you're listening to posts on Instagram or people People talking on their stories saying, if you're not losing weight, then you're not in a calorie deficit. But trust me, I've been in your shoes before. I know what it's like to eat 1,200 calories a day, doing two hours of cardio a day, and not seeing any response from my body. I know what it's like to work my butt off and not get anything in return. I understand what it's like. And that's why I decided to bring on Taryn Nettles on today's episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio, where we are chatting why a calorie deficit may not be enough for why you need to lose weight. We also chat on hormonal health, reverse dieting, birth control, and all things taking time off from the stage and taking time off from dieting in general in order to repair your health and focus on your long-term goals. So guys, I'm super excited for you to tune in today. And don't forget, the only way that we can grow here on iTunes is through ratings and reviews. So make sure that you give Beyond the Bikini Radio a five-star rating and review it, screenshot it, share it some love on Instagram and tag me at Nicole Fairy Fitness. And guys, I hope that you enjoy this one because I wish that I listened to this about two years ago. Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. And today I have a guest on, Taryn Nettles. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate I'm, it. I'm so excited to have you on. We we're talking about um, kind of like bad experiences in competition preps, but I wanted to bring her on because she has a fantastic Instagram. She does a lot of IGTVs that are really informative. And today we're going to be talking about like hormonal health and the effects that dieting can have on your body. All right. So, um, Taryn, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, like what you do? So currently I live in Tampa, Florida. Um, I am a online coach. Uh, My business is GT Nutrition Performance and I have my bachelor's in uh, nutrition and dietetics and a master's in exercise science and advanced nutrition. And I coach general pop all the way to physique competitors. Very cool. What got you into coaching? Like what made you want to become a coach? So I had a bad experience way back when I first started to contest prep. Um, I decided to hire a IFBB pro figure girl um, to coach me. Nothing against, you know, the pros by all means. You have very 
educated ones out there, but it was just a bad experience. It was extremely low dieting. It was tons and tons of cardio. And it got to the point where I wasn't even really making progress anymore. And I was just being lied to in regards to, oh no, you, you look great. You'll, you'll probably become a pro one day. And then I never, I'll never forget when I looked at my pictures of me trying on my suit and I was just like, I look terrible. <laughs> and that was like my turning point. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. so that kind of sparked a fire in me to, you know, get out there and try to learn as much as I can to be able to help guide people. So they're not in the wrong hands, especially when it comes to dieting, because it, it can be a very dangerous thing and detrimental to health. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will look at um, like IFBB and they think that's like a credential for coaching yeah. and it's not. Um, like you mentioned, you have your bachelor's and uh, I know that you're also like continuously learning, which means, you know, diving into books and podcasts and all that good stuff to, you know, learn more to become the best coach. But I think a lot of people will see these women and men uh, on social media and they think IFBB, they look amazing. I'm going to hire them. But, you know, hard pill to swallow just because you hire someone doesn't mean you're going to look like them. Absolutely. And that's what I was being told that I was going to look like them. But I was just like, no, I, I look nothing like them. And I bought into the whole IFBB is the credential, but I didn't know any better back then. And a lot of people buy into that, like you said. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, now I'm seeing a lot of people in the coaching space, and I was just telling uh, Taryn about how I'm getting so frustrated. I'm seeing so many graphics on social media that just talk about if you're not losing weight, you're not in a calorie deficit. And I know through my own experience with competition preps that I've done the math. I've done the math, and it didn't make sense. The fact that I personally was walking 20 to 25,000 steps a day and doing all this cardio and eating really low calorie, sub 100 grams of carbs for months and nothing was happening. And I felt like, okay, well, calorie deficit. I just got to create a calorie deficit. That's why I'm not losing weight. And, you know, my prep in 2019 was a mess. I didn't look super lean yet being stage weight, I had like a blurred inflamed effect to my body. I got sick. I got the flu. My hair started falling out and I decided to stop prepping. I'm taking over a year off and we're going to fix all of this. Mm -hmm. I, that's probably the best thing you could have done. Yeah. But a lot of people will want, will want to keep pushing, but Taryn, like in your like practice as a coach, like what do you see going wrong in cases like that? So, oh man. <laughs> so it, it's just, when you're dieting like that, just very, very extreme, and you're always pushing that high energy output, people don't understand what's going on inside the body. Because if you're not healthy inside the body, that progress isn't going to come, or eventually things are going to stall out, and you can't fix it by just dieting and just dropping calories even more or pushing harder and harder. Um, the biggest thing that people need to realize is that your thyroid controls all things progress. And if your thyroid drops, which it definitely will, if you're always in a calorie deficit, you're going to stall out. Progress is not going to happen because that thyroid is everything. 
And not only that, it's going to drive up your cortisol levels. And when cortisol is really high, cortisol as a whole just wreaks havoc on every system within the body. So mm -hmm. your sex hormones are affected, meaning that your pedestrian levels are going to drop because cortisol and also pedestrian, they're both secreted from the adrenals. And when cortisol is really high, it's suppressing the secretion of pedestrian. And so now you have someone who they're becoming estrogen dominant because estrogen is now high relative to their pedestrian levels. Mm -hmm. So now they have an imbalance going on, not to mention, you know, they may be dealing with um, like gut health issues on top of that and recovery's low, fatigue's low. And it's just, it's just one big storm that, you know, you have to really know when to push and when to back out of it. Yeah. I think for myself, like I was working with a coach at the time, but I decided to put on my own coaching hat for myself and tried to look at myself mm. objectively, which is really hard to do, especially when you get into like a tunnel vision. And I think that a lot of people get in that tunnel vision phase where they just are ignoring all this biofeedback. And mm -hmm. I had a lot of the things that you were talking about, the low energy, I would drink sometimes three energy drinks a day, nothing would happen. Uh, the hair health, the um, bloating, I would, I was constantly having to go to the bathroom. I know a lot, some people deal with constipation. I dealt with the opposite. So like, I felt like mm -hmm. my body wasn't able to digest anything. Um, feeling really stressed out, which also explains why I felt like my anxiety was higher and that I was also just like getting overwhelmed with like some things that shouldn't really overwhelm me. Um, mm -hmm. Those were a couple things. And once I got blood work done, which wasn't until months after, I think it was six or seven months post-show, my cortisol was still extremely high. Um, and then my progesterone estrogen ratio was awesome, estrogen dominant. And okay. my uh, insulin sensitivity isn't very good. Like I have really high fasting blood glucose. Well, that definitely makes sense, especially if cortisol is really high, because cortisol, when it's high, it does impact your blood glucose. So then you become mm -hmm. insulin resistant. And then, of course, that leads to more um, like driving up estrogen even more. And it just it throws off the whole entire system of the body. And that's the thing with hormones. Like if one's off, it doesn't mean just one's off. Like they have a catalyst effect where if one's off, this one, this one, this one, and this one is all going to be off too. Absolutely. So even if someone has a thyroid issue, like you need to also be looking at your sex hormones um, because that thyroid, it can impact sex hormones. It can also impact the gut. So just like you said, it's just, it's one big domino effect. And if you're trying to correct it, you first need to go after the gut and fix that and also look at your blood glucose levels and try to bring those down but more importantly, drive that stress down because if stress just stays elevated, you're not going to correct any of the problems. So how are some ways that you recommend to your clients to drive down their stress? Okay, so first things first, you have to really try to, to manage stress from a physical aspect, but also a mental aspect. So Physically, you're going to want to cut training volume back. So a lot of people, they don't like to hear that, but 
when we train, we do have an acute response with cortisol. So it will drive up that cortisol. So we just want to cut that training volume down to make sure we're keeping cortisol down. Um, another thing is making sure you're getting good quality sleep. Um, finding ways to manage that mental stress. So even something like as hippie-ish as it sounds, um, meditation can help, um, yoga can help, just things that help you just slow down and just kind of stay in the moment instead of getting overwhelmed and just relax and give yourself time. Those are going to be the biggest things to help fix any issues that you have going on. Yeah, I think that's hard for a lot of people to do. I know for myself and you being a business owner too, like there's always something to do and like it's yes. hard to like unplug and just chill out. But I've always like dedicated Saturday as a full day of not working. That used to be really hard for me to do. Um, and then now like with my own training volume, there's days where I'll go to the gym and I'll only do four or five exercises. That's it. And I'll be done. Mm -hmm. And usually only one of them is more compound, but even then sometimes I scale back on the intensity on that exercise. because I really try to listen to what my body needs and it can be frustrating when I look at my friends and they're lifting way heavier than me, but I also know like my body can't really handle that right now and when I prep again I want to be successful and I know that I have the work ethic but I need to fix the the inside and I kind of want to reverse back when you're talking about how the inside can be messed up and you don't know it's like looking like looking at me at the outside if I were to go to the doctor and ask for blood work they would look at me and say you are a healthy female why why do you need blood work and yes. it's so frustrating because you again, you have to be dialed into your biofeedback, like all of those red flags, you have to listen to them and you have to be an advocate for yourself to get blood work done. Um, you mm -hmm. don't always have to go for your physician to get blood work done, but it is frustrating to get it done and people not take you seriously. I mean, even the girl who drew my blood was like, why are you here? Like, she was so confused. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. Usually, like, when you talk about, you know, oh, estrogen dominance or someone having, like, thyroid issues where thyroid's a little bit on the lower end, people automatically think, oh, well, this should be an overweight, unhealthy individual. But when it comes to hormones or estrogen dominance or, or thyroid, it really doesn't have a preference in regards to your age or even, like, your body type it doesn't matter. I mean, someone like yourself, you know, if I just looked at you, I would never even think that, oh, she has a hormone imbalance. I'd just be like, oh, okay. She looks like a healthy girl. You know, I know she competes, you know, she keeps up with herself. She cares about her metabolism. Mm -hmm. I would never know that. And I think too many people just tend to hear hormone imbalances and they're just like, oh, well, you have to be older for that. Or, oh, you have to be overweight for that. And that's not the case. I mean, you could just be coming off of like birth control and have a hormone imbalance from just oh, yeah. this happening. Absolutely. The thing is with hormonal birth control, oh my gosh. So I have a client that I'm working with and she's only, she's 25 years old. She's been on birth control ever since she was, I think she was 16. So she got off of birth control because her and her husband, they're trying to conceive. And 
her hormone panels look horrible. They look like a menopausal woman. Like some, if I were to look at those, I'd be like, oh, this woman's menopausal. But being surprised that she's only 25, I'm like, oh my God. So when it comes yeah, to birth control, fertile, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's insane. Just birth control is like a whole other topic because yeah. it, I, I hate birth control. Like I, I hate it with a passion just because so, it's like it, complex. And I feel like whenever I've talked about it on my social media, I swear to God, I have some sort of nurse that will come and attack me in my DMs. But <laughs> I also know that when I got put on birth control, I wasn't educated on side effects properly. And I mm -hmm. think that that's a bit of malpractice from the physician. Like you shouldn't mm -hmm. just briefly go over some of these side effects. You should talk about, I dealt with severe depression. And so when I was on wow. birth control, I had depression and suicidal thoughts. And I'm like, this is not me. And this is really scary. Like it would literally be like me normal. And then the next day it'd be like a dark cloud over me. It'd be real scary, oh. real dark. And I didn't like that. And I only went on it to clear up my skin. I didn't go on it for birth control. And I think that a lot, a lot of women too will go on the pill for not birth control, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, honestly, it makes sense with, you know, how things just got worse for you when you got put on birth control, especially if it's a hormonal birth control, which I mean, 90% of it, like that's what these physicians are pushing. Um, it causes women to go estrogen dominant. And when estrogen's going really high, you're going to feel, you know, more negative feelings. You're going to, like, if you have depression, it's going to make it worse. You know, you're going to go back and forth all because you're taking a pill, a pill that you don't realize is actually estrogen. You know, it's, it's a hormone. So you might as well just be taking a steroid when you're taking estrogen. It is kind of a steroid though, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Socially acceptable steroid. Cause yes, I, I don't talk about steroids too much on my podcast, but like if a, if a man wanted to, you know, gain muscle, they would take testosterone usually. Mm -hmm. But if a female wanted to, um, take testosterone, that could have a lot of negative effects. I would never recommend that for a female, but absolutely. If excess estrogen, what does it do? It shuts down the reproductive system. A lot of men, when they take excess testosterone, it shuts down the reproductive system. A lot of men, yeah. bodybuilders can't conceive because they also have issues with their reproductive system due to the drugs. Yeah, absolutely. And the, I mean, the downside of that is that, you know, for males who they get on like testosterone, you know, they'll start it when they're young, when they're in their, their prime of natural testosterone production. And they're on a form of a hormone replacement by the time they're like 25 and they're like already like male pattern baldness and mm -hmm. it, people, they just, they don't understand, but bringing it back to female birth control, it's, it is basically kind of like the same exact concept. You're, you're destroying yourself and these doctors I don't even think they know that it causes all of these issues with women. And yeah. it's very unfortunate. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, this is really another podcast for another day, but I think just a lot of um, 
people don't listen to women when they talk about complaints that they have with their body. We're just kind mm -hmm. of like told to deal with it and suck it up. Yeah. And I think that's a big issue. Um, a lot of testing with drugs are usually with men too, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's another, that's a rabbit hole. Really back to like estrogen dominance. So like estrogen dominance can come from dieting. It can come from coming off the pill or even mm -hmm. on the pill. Um, you can struggle with this. And if you have estrogen dominance, it can make fat loss really hard, right? Oh, 100%. Because what people don't realize is when your estrogen is really high, what um like regardless of if you're there's two categories when it comes to estrogen dominance there's a category called frank where basically you just have really high estrogen levels and then there's another one called relative which your estrogen it's high in comparison to pedestrian mm -hmm. and what people don't understand is when estrogen levels are really high it is going to impact the thyroid. And so it's going to drive down your T3, which is the hormone that controls metabolism. And if you're not careful, and if you don't know that this is going on, you're going to gain weight. And usually these women, they'll just start packing on weight and they're like, I don't know why I'm just gaining all this weight, but mm -hmm. they're not really linking it back to either estrogen related birth control or just having high estrogen as a whole. Mm -hmm. Even like um, my experience with reverse dieting, I've done a lot of competitions, but reverse dieting last year was tough because I was putting on weight at such a low calorie amount. And it was really frustrating because, you know, I was doing the perfect reverse and I was yeah. gaining weight while all of my peers seemed to have maintained this like leaner look. And, you know, obviously the long term goal of a reverse isn't to be as lean as possible, but it can also be really alarming when you're gaining weight rapidly on 1400 calories. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, were you on birth control during that time? No, I had been off. No. Okay. Okay. But you, but I would imagine you were probably estrogen dominant, like at that moment and you didn't, you didn't know. Yeah. I actually, okay. it was weird because that prep too, I still had my cycle until like the last month. Um, and usually in preps, I would lose my period early on. So that was different too. Mm, okay. So I'm Got assuming it. possibly maybe with the shift in hormones, that's why I had my cycle, even when I was leaner, or maybe I was losing more muscle mass in comparison to body fat. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's weird. Every woman is like, she's different in regards to like, menstrual cycle and dieting, especially like for, for a contest prep. Um, some women, like I've worked with one girl, um, she's just a naturally petite you know, girl. And, um, she lost her cycle just six weeks into dieting. And I'm like, that's like, what? Me. yeah, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. And then, you know, I'll have someone like, okay, for myself, for example, when I did my last contest prep in 2017, I never lost my menstrual cycle. So mm -hmm. it's just the dynamic and the dynamic between like each woman, it's, it's interesting, very interesting, especially with hormones. I do get frustrated though when women have their cycle and then they think they're not lean enough. I'm like, no, like you can uh, be uh, super lean and still like have your cycle. I know of a lot of women who are 
healed to the bone and they still have a period. Like, it's just, it depends. Like, honestly, like if the world ended, you'd be the go-to woman to go to because you still have your cycle. Like all of us yep. lose that six weeks, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I had, um, I had one client of mine, she had worked with the coach and her coach told her like, if you don't lose your cycle, you're not lean enough. That's and I'm like, no, 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 no. Inspire them on the spot. Yes, yes. If your coach tells you that, please get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's not healthy. That's dangerous too. And I come from a background of gymnastics, and they would like the girls that were like late bloomers, you know, 15, 16, and didn't get their cycle, or like they just, it sounds bad, but they just looked better in the sport and they were like kind of praised for it in a way. So, yeah, ab absolutely. Yeah, it's lean, like people like that, it, it doesn't mean like on the outside, they look fantastic, but mm -hmm. on the inside, it's just like, you, you don't look as good from yeah. a health standpoint. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so for the estrogen dominance, when you're trying to correct that, what would you recommend? Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, everyone listening to this, your story is going to be different. So take everything that you're hearing um, just into consideration. It doesn't mean you have to do it. Absolutely. So usually, um, well, I guess the first thing is, is you have to get your hormone panels checked. That's going to be obviously the first step to determine if you are estrogen dominant and you have to look at the ratio between estrogen and pedestrian. Like you can't just look at estrogen in comparison to pedestrian and be like oh i look good or oh man i think i'm estrogen dominant mm -hmm. um and also with that being said you need to make sure you're going in to get your panels done during a certain time of your menstrual and usually that's days 19 to 22 so think luteal phase because pedestrian should be higher during that time and be the most dominant hormone versus in your follicular phase um, so once you get all of that and you do see that you are in fact estrogen dominant, um, the biggest thing is, is that you're going to want to stop dieting. If you're trying to continuously diet, you're not going to make progress only because having that higher estrogen, like I said earlier, it's going to impact the thyroid and of course other systems within the body. So it's going to just cause things to come to a halt. So you need to stop the dieting. Um, so whether you go into maintenance or you even go into reverse, just get yourself out of that calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. And if you notice that you're always bloating or you're having GI issues, like you're, like you're not having a normal daily bowel movement, you need to fix the gut. Because the thing is, is that you have to have a bowel movement every single day to get rid of any excess estrogen. Because mm -hmm. if you're not, it's just going back into the bloodstream and it's just causing more issues. So you have to make sure you fix that gut first to start getting rid of that excess estrogen that's sitting in, in the gut. Um, so by doing that, usually what I would recommend, and of course it's all case by case, is going into a low FODMAP diet. So cutting out you know, higher FODMAP foods, um, cutting out gluten, and then also cutting out dairy. And the biggest thing is, is to avoid alcohol. Um, women do not understand that alcohol and hormones do not mix, um, especially when it comes to estrogen, because 
when you drink alcohol, it can actually increase estrogen levels by 10%. And when you do consume it, the thing is, is that estrogen, it does get filtered through the liver. And when you have alcohol in your system, the liver is going to stop filtering that estrogen to focus on filtering the alcohol and getting it out of the body. So now that estrogen is just going back into the bloodstream and it's just playing into driving up that estrogen. Um, so you want to avoid alcohol. And the other thing is too, is stress. You've got to get your stress under control. Um, check your blood glucose levels. Make sure those things are not running high. And if they are, try to bring down those levels because that's going to help. And for something like that, I would recommend um, what's called an insulin reset. So basically, you're just dropping carbohydrates down, you're bringing your fats up, and you're still consuming you know, moderate protein to just help bring down the blood glucose levels. And more importantly, allowing yourself time. You have to give yourself time. And another thing is here too, is if you're doing HIIT cardio, like you're just pounding away at that HIIT cardio, you have to stop because it's so taxing on the body and it's just causing cortisol to go up. And it's probably, I would even go out on a limb to say it is, you know, preventing you from recovery. Mm -hmm. No plyos, no running sprints, even if you enjoy it, like you would be yeah. so much better just walking at a low intensity um, or mm -hmm. casually bike riding or just swimming, like not high intense, just like hanging out in the pool, like maybe treading water here and there. Like that's, yeah. that's all you need to do. Like you don't need anything <laughs> high intense. You need to be yes. sleeping. I sleep a ridiculous amount. Like people laugh at how much I sleep, but I go to bed at like nine and wake up at like 7.30 every day. <laughs> so try and to- That's a good thing. Yeah, I try to get a ton of sleep. Um, sometimes I even sleep 12 hours because I, I mean, I honestly just listen to my internal clock and I feel like I've needed more sleep and that's completely fine. Um, yeah. I don't overdo the stimulants. Like if I do a pre-workout, it's a half scoop mm -hmm. or coffee. It's a cup of coffee. It's not, you know, mm -hmm. doing my five cups a day. Like I used to, I used to drink a whole pot. That's just going to make- Oh my gosh. It's going to make things worse. Yes. And that's honestly, that's a really good point that you brought up about just cutting back the stimulants. Um, because if you're constantly pounding like coffee or pre-workout or energy drinks, it's going to negatively impact your adrenals. And the adrenals is what is producing cortisol. It's what's also um, producing your uh, pedestrone or secreting pedestrone. And if you're overdoing it on the stims, it's going to cause, I hate to use the word adrenal fatigue because I feel like people not, are like, oh, adrenal fatigue. It's, it's not, not a thing. Well, adrenal health, I guess you could say. There, thank you. Adrenal health. It will affect the adrenal health. And what it's going to do is it's going to cause the adrenals to just constantly stay spitting out cortisol. And if cortisol is... Yes, absolutely. Um, so it's going to overdrive the secretion of cortisol and it's going to cause pedestrian to go down even more. So avoid this, the, the stimulants or this cut back. Like the college kids who are, you know, drinking every weekend and pounding caffeine in the week and then feeling exhausted and horrible and stressed out. Like that's could maybe be you. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Or if you are heavy on the stimulants and you find that they're not doing anything for you, that can be an indication that your adrenals are on overdrive and you need to calm it down because your hormone health is, is at risk there. You shouldn't have to drink like two energy drinks to feel normal. I agree. Yeah. Or like a ton of coffee. I mean, I'm a big coffee drinker and I'm trying to like cut it back. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Definitely. So how long would you say that this recovery time could take? Because I think a lot of people will rush it. Uh, so it really just depends on where their hormone levels are at. So if, if they have very, very high estrogen levels, um, it could take a little while. So I would say six months to a year. Um, or if maybe you just have a little bit of estrogen dominance going on, nothing as severe, um, it could even take you up to maybe like three months to, to correct it. But once you do get those things under control, like that's not giving you the green light to jump into that calorie deficit or start killing yourself with, with the cardio or, or any of that. You, you still have to try to maintain homeostasis and just calm it down. Like just hold. Yeah. Stay out of the deficit. Yeah. And I think like diet history has a big effect on this too. Like if you compete year after year after year or try to get ready for some sort of wedding and a crash style of dieting, um, you need to take time to recover. And I think that's like so foreign to a lot of women is what do you mean? I'm not going to, you know, diet and lose weight. And it's for your long-term health. Like just because you have this goal in mind, it doesn't mean never, but it means just not right now. And that's okay. Because you have to be honest with yourself too. Like even if you were to die and you're not in, you know, an optimal hormone balance, you're not going to make any progress. So you're legitimately wasting your time. So you might as well use time wisely, get healthy, and then think about dieting in the future not two months from now, in the way future, and think about how you want to look two years from now and five years from now. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just, I think people are just, they're too antsy, um, especially females, because females always want to look their best. They always want to be lean. You know, they want to like take the best pictures for social media where they they look so good, but it's not worth it in regards to, to your health. And there's a season for everything. And people just need to understand that dieting or being in that calorie deficit should not always be the season. Yeah. Everything is temporary. So like even, and you always want what you're not in. Like if you're a reverse dieting, you want to be dieting. If you're dieting, you want to eat all the foods and be a higher place. So like, just be in the phase that you're currently in, like be present learn the lessons that you need to learn. And then when you go into the next phase, understand that you're probably going to miss the phase that you're currently in and resenting. And that's going to be a whole new experience where you can learn more about yourself. And that's personally why like, I love bodybuilding is like, I learn a lot about myself in each phase, but I purposely am making myself uncomfortable and not dieting for over, it'll be like a year and a half off before I decide prepping again but it's not even going to be until I get blood work back after, you know, checking in on it to see if I made improvements because I don't want to prep if I'm not healthy. Oh, absolutely. And, and not only that, you're only going to be uh, setting yourself up for failure. Like if you just kind of 
um, if you just get to a point where like your hormones are like, okay, they're, they're okay. As soon as you go back into that deficit again, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you metabolically adapted faster than what you should have been. And because of that, you're not going to make that progress. Yeah. And it's frustrating. Oh, it's so frustrating. Cause I know that like for anyone listening to this and they're, you're like thinking this is me, like I resonate with this. Like, I believe you. I believe that there are people who are working their ass off. They are, you know, doing all the things right. And that's the thing. If you feel like you're doing everything right, if you know that you're consistent, if you know that you're, you know, drinking your water and sleeping and doing all the things that you can, you're not crazy. You know, there's just something further going on and you have to listen to, listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. Like if something's wrong, something's probably wrong. Yeah. And when it comes to someone who is trying to, to diet and lose weight, if you're noticing that, like you said, if you're doing all the things correctly and you notice that you're not making progress or it's just painfully, painfully slow, that should be a red flag that something is going on. So you need to take that corrective action to figure it out. And you need to get your panels checked because that's really going to show you what the root problem is of what is going on with you. Mm -hmm. You can't just look in the mirror and say, oh, I'm estrogen dominant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I wish it was that easy. That'd be great. Maybe one day in the future, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but Taryn, uh, where can people find you? And you can put all that information right here. Sure. So if you want to find me on Instagram, my Instagram name is Taryn underscore Nettles. Um, or if you want to shoot me an email, my email is Taryn at gtnutritionperformance.org. Perfect. And then, do you have a YouTube channel? I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it, but I do. Okay. <laughs> so then, that one is Taryn Nettles. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. All right. Thank you so much, Nicole. I appreciate it. Hey guys, on the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know I talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T, and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one -on -one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one -on -one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals.